All right, it is time for another Soda Soccer sit-down, and we're welcoming in Northland College headman soccer coach Greg Gilmore and the reigning UMAC Defensive Player of the Week, goalkeeper Jamie Colville. Greg, Jamie, thank you so much for joining the show. How are you? Pretty good. Thanks for having us, Jeremy. Yeah, I'm pretty good. Thanks, Jeremy. Yeah, absolutely. It's a pleasure to have you both on, and obviously uh, couldn't be at a better time. Uh, we'll get into kind of your, your recent run of form in, in just a minute and sort of the 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 big results that you've had recently but let's start with some context for the program here greg because I, I want to sort of give people who may not be uh familiar with the program and i think that's the whole point of this interview is sort of maybe uh, providing an introduction and getting uh people acquainted with northland college and the program itself so from 2010 to 2018 northland managed only six conference wins in those nine seasons then you came aboard ahead of the 2019 campaign um, why Northland and what drew you to the program considering those, those struggles that it had faced prior? Yeah, there, there definitely was some struggles. Uh, obviously we've kind of changed things recently. Uh, I was coaching at a real small school in New England. I went to a really small school in New England and kind of when I saw the infrastructure, the campus had obviously the stadium, I, I firmly believe we have one of the nicest stadiums in the country here. I really thought I was the kind of the perfect person to, kind of change things around up here in terms of soccer. Uh, I knew kind of the value that a small campus could bring to students. Uh, I went to a 400 person school, actually a little bit smaller than here at Northland. And I absolutely loved it. You know, my best friends are guys that I met on that small campus in Vermont, uh, completely, completely changed my life. And I had a tremendous experience in the soccer field as a player. And so for me, it wasn't too hard to kind of ignore the results from 2010 to 2018. And the other thing is I'll say in, uh, the people that came before me's defense. I think there was a string of several part-time coaches that were balancing other jobs that didn't really allow them to spend a whole, a whole lot of time recruiting. Uh, I think the stadium came about in 2017, which obviously, uh, especially men's soccer players, you know, they, they like the facilities. They like to, they mm -hmm. like to be playing on as professional an environment as possible. So I do yeah. think I was given a little bit more of a advantage than some people. If you, I think that'd be probably fair to say. So for me, I saw an opportunity to do something here that just hadn't been done. I think I think there was always a roadmap to success here. Uh, I knew it was going to be extremely challenging given the, I mean, anytime a recruit looks at a school, they're going to look at the records, they're going to look at the previous history. But for me, it was a belief that we could do something and we just had to find the right guys that could kind of see past the history and wanted to make some history of their own. How long was that roadmap? Greg, because obviously, you know, you're building something, I think, literally from the ground up. I think that's pretty fair to say. Um, what were those first sort of incremental goals or what were your goals for that initial season after you came aboard, if there were any? So I got hired in the well, I got hired in the spring of uh, 2019 and the roster was very thin. I remember I think I ran three spring practices before school ended and we had we usually had seven to eight players at those spring practices. And for anyone that knows soccer, which I assume everyone that's listening does, you need 11 players to take the field. So there was some, uh, there was some massive challenges and we had a very short period yeah. of time to work with. So goal number one was literally just making sure we didn't have to cancel that 2019 season. And we yeah. were able to bring in around 10 guys and the goal was always to take the field and try to be competitive. And, the dream goal for year one was to make the playoffs, which 
I think a couple of people laughed at when I said it because, I mean, the program was coming off. I think you said it. It was like six conference wins and I don't even remember how many years, not nine years. six years. Yeah, nine, wow, good Lord, <laughs> nine years. So it was a extreme long shot. But that was kind of the dream goal was to make the playoffs year one because I knew if we could do that, it was going to open up some new avenues for recruiting. And we were able to win some extremely dramatic games in the last week of the season. A double, both games went into overtime. We we scored with 10 seconds left against Martin Luther to give us a chance at making the playoffs. And then we beat North Central in overtime to qualify for the playoffs. And that that was kind of the launching pad. And from there, that's when Jamie actually joined us. We brought in a massive recruiting class the next year and we really started to take some strides forward. So over these first three years, Greg, you've you've had that incremental increase in success, made the playoffs all three years, eight, five and one conference record last year. Um, did, did you think that, you know, you talked about the playoffs in the first year, yeah. but did you think that you would sort of get into that out of that bottom tier into that middle upper tier within the first three years? Was that sort of a more longer term goal or, um, are you even surprised at kind of how rapid the success has been? It's, it's come a little bit quicker than I envisioned, to be honest. Uh, yeah. I always knew it was a, a possibility if we got a couple of the right guys, but I did not expect to be kind of competing with the top teams as much as we were last year. And obviously the results weren't there last year, but I think, I mean, we lost to Bethany Luth and won nothing twice in a row. Second time was in double overtime and they were neck and neck with Superior the whole way. So I think we, last year was nice because we closed the gap considerably. And then this year, after last year's success, this year was the year where we really expected to, I think we really wanted and, belonged more towards the top we expected to take another step this year and i think we've done that all right jamie i think we've heard enough of greg for now just kidding greg uh but (laughs) let let me bring you in here so um you're a junior uh so this is your third year you have been here sort of during the the entire duration of this turnaround if you will um what did you know the context of sort of how much of a struggle the recent years had been for this program when you came in and was being part of a group that could turn things around? Was that part of the appeal to you? Um, I would definitely say yes. Obviously, as Greg mentioned at the start, facilities are second to none. I think that you can't really take mm-hmm. that away from the college. But Greg becoming a new coach, and you saw the building process behind Northland College and the soccer team. Everything was there. The foundations were there. Like they made playoffs that year. It was a choice that for me was very easy to make. That I knew as soon as I contacted Greg the first time, it was the college I wanted to go to. The history, every college has a history, but it's all about what happens now in the current and the present. And Greg seemed to be building a good program and I wanted to be a part of it. So you're from uh, Essex, England. Um, what sort of led you to the United States and to Northland specifically? Um, obviously with COVID happening, it was a pretty hard time, especially at 17 years old, trying to figure out where I want to go. Soccer wise, I was starting to progress from the under 18 levels into more of the men's game and the semi-pro levels, but Mm -hmm. COVID hit, hit a big standstill, didn't know what to do with myself. So I thought. If I want to carry on playing and pursue the career in soccer, then America is going to be the next step. Mm-hmm. And obviously, Northland wasn't my only offer. You do get multiple colleges that come in for you. But like I said beforehand, Northland had a good foundation, 
present was good. They just made playoffs. Greg was a good coach, it seemed. Had good conversations with him. So okay, it was second to none. I just knew that this was the place I wanted to come to. Was was college an option in the back of your mind before COVID or did COVID really bring that to the forefront? Like, is it fair to say that without the pandemic, you might be playing in the semi-professional level back in England right now? Um, I, I had two choices. It was, uh, I definitely wanted to go and pursue higher education, whether it was mm-hmm. in England or America, that was already in the plans. Um, COVID obviously hit, but I don't think it made my decision up at all. I was already looking at higher education mm-hmm. anyway. And there was nothing better than being able to do that and play a professional, like a professional environment like Northland is and give me the opportunity to pursue both of those careers at once instead of if maybe I did go to the university in England, maybe a semi-professional mm-hmm. career wouldn't have been on the cards. Greg, from your vantage point, what's it what's it like recruiting overseas, recruiting a, a kid like Jamie? Um, are 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 the options sort of coming onto your desk, and you have the, they sift through? Are you making trips? Are you making direct contact? How how does that work in in the year twenty twenty two, for example, when you're a small college in the states, you know, recruiting players who obviously aren't. So before Northland, I actually had absolutely no experience with international recruiting. I kind of just looked at the teams that were around us and I was like, I don't really have a choice if we're going to get to the top here. Uh, obviously at the division three level, there's a ton of challenges that the JUCOs, the NAIs don't have when it comes to international recruiting. So there's all sorts of companies that are sending me player profiles and everything, but the mm-hmm. amount that I think we can actually get is probably a, a tiny fraction of what comes across my desk. So we're really looking for guys that are, kind of open to division three and understand that the number that's next to the D isn't necessarily representative of the level or anything. I mean, you look at superior, like they've gone and beat plenty of division two teams over the years of when I played, you know, we scrimmaged division one team. It was a drop until the 82nd minute. So if you can get some of these guys to kind of see past the number, then it can really become a awesome opportunity for them. But again, it's a small fraction of those guys, unfortunately, but yeah. I don't know for Jamie, we, I, uh, I think I don't remember how we first got in touch. I think it was a future elite company we've worked with before. Uh, they kind of recommended him, saw the film and I knew no offense, Jamie, with his size, that there's a, there's plenty of higher level schools that we're going to overlook him just because of his height as a keeper. And yeah. I, it totally worked out to our advantage because I, I think he's got some of the best hands you'll ever see, some of the best footwork. And for whatever reason, a lot of higher level schools took a pass and I don't know, their mistake, I guess, our reward. <laughs> <laughs> he's obviously been proving it on the field this season. Uh, so let's get into this season. Uh, started off 0-3. Um, and even in the most recent successful seasons, Greg, the club has seemed to, you know, maybe be slow out of the gates. I don't know if that's unfair to say. Um, anything particular you can put your finger on as to why it maybe takes the the middle portion of the season for the team to really find its footing, at least over the last couple of years? So this year, I kind of really gambled that our guys would understand what we were trying to do with the early part of our schedule. Uh, if you look at who we played, I mean, St. Olaf, they were ranked 15th in the nation at the time we played them. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eau Claire, they're receiving votes in some polls for top 25. Uh, MSOE is receiving some votes for top 25 now. So we really wanted to challenge ourselves. Uh, we've 
we've set our goal as a conference championship this year. And obviously when we open with Superior, if we play the weaker teams that we have a high percentage chance of getting a win against early, we're going to have no chance at competing with Superior in that opening game. Yeah. So I looked at it as we might potentially get off to a slow start record-wise, but we need a schedule that's going to put us in position to compete with Superior right off the bat. And obviously, overall record-wise, didn't work to our advantage, but I think looking at last Saturday's game, it worked out perfectly for us because I don't think our guys were intimidated. I don't think our guys were surprised by the physicality or the speed that they play at. I think our guys were ready for it and up for it. And I think that's why we were able to get a result. Yeah, since that start, two draws and a win, including a nil-nil draw in the conference opener uh, against powerhouse UW-Superior. Um, a match in which you had eight saves, Jamie. And afterwards, Greg, you called it a huge moment for your program. Um, why was this draw, in your opinion, just such a momentous result for the team? I mean, on a personal level, like I, I know Joe pretty well. I think uh, what he's built over there at Superior is extremely impressive. Uh, it's, I mean, they, they're the best of the best in the UMAC. They've been one of the best of the best in this region for a long time. And, you know, my first game here, or my first time playing them in that 2019 season, I hesitate saying this in air, but the final score was 12 to one. So I remember walking <laughs> off and there was a part of me, like people were texting me back home in New Hampshire, like what on earth have you gotten yourself into? So to kind of pull even with them now in 2022, I, it just, it felt great. I mean, we had a couple guys on the field that were a part of that 12, one game, uh, Joan Evans, uh, he was there in those 12, one days. And now he was, you know, he fit game finished with him blocking a shot and now we're, level with them. So I think for a lot of guys, alumni, it felt really good to see. I think for our guys here right now as well, it it shows that, you know, we can compete on that level. We can compete on the top of the league. And now it's just about not being satisfied with draws. Now we got to try to find a way to beat these teams. Jamie, as we mentioned, eight saves, UMAC Defensive Player of the Week honors. How did it feel to go out there and have that kind of performance against such high-level competition? You know, Greg is, was very complimentary about your tape and kind of what you had shown leading into this, but was this sort of like an, an affirming performance for you that like, okay, I can I can do this against the best of the best? Uh, like Greg said, we had a tough preseason. We played the St. Olas. We had the Eau Claire's. So mm. preparation-wise, I was definitely ready for the game. I knew what I was getting mm. into. The returners knew what they were getting into. I think the freshmen were up for it and ready. So I wouldn't just say it was just me that was ready for the game with the eight saves. Everyone was. I don't think anyone switched off for the whole yeah. 90 minutes. So I made eight saves, but it was a it was a team performance, definitely. But yeah, we, I was prepared. I was ready. I found my momentum within the first. I think I made a save in the first 10 minutes. And as soon as I made that first save, I just sort of knew that the game was on and it was there to be taken. He won't say what does it that do? Air, but oh, sorry, sorry, Greg, go ahead. <laughs> he won't say it, but he had a save in the first half that watching it back on film, he has no business making that save. It was, I think when that happened, that also reminded a lot of our guys that no matter what happens, we got a chance to be in this game. So his performance was mm -hmm. outstanding in that game. Jamie, what does this do for the team's confidence moving forward? Because there's a difference between we can hang with this team versus we did hang with this team, nil-nil draw. Does that sort of perception into reality do something extra for the confidence moving forward as you now move further into that conference season? But yeah, it's a massive confidence boost. We've obviously got Bethany Lutheran coming yeah. up. 
who are obviously they won it last year with superior the joint championship so we know now what we're going to face and confidence wise the guys it, it was low a couple of weeks ago with the tough pre-season we had but after that superior result the guys are up for it and i think we're all ready to go now for this weekend in addition to the draw, you guys tallied your first win of the year uh, yesterday, as we're recording here, uh, four to two over Maranatha Baptist. Also broke a three-match goalless drought uh, with the four-goal barrage as well. Um, as you guys look ahead, I'm going to ask both of you the same question to finish things off here. And again, I thank you both for the time, uh, Greg. We will start with you. What's the one aspect of this team that either needs to be most tightened up, or just worked on, or or maximized? to make sure that you guys not only make it back to the playoffs, but even take it further uh, and take that extra step forward this season. I'd say our, I mean, to be broad, I'd say our attacking play. Uh, I think defensively we've, I mean, we had back-to-back shutouts. I think we've obviously we've got a good goalkeeper core led by Jamie right now. Like I think defensively we're we can be an extremely strong team. I think now we need to make the transition to, Again, we got to find ways to attack against the best teams. Uh, first half against Superior, I think we gave ourselves a pretty good chance to score a goal. Second half, we kind of ended up just trying to defend and get the point, which for the situation early on in the season, that's fine. But now uh, in terms of just attacking play in the offensive half, final third, that's where we're really starting to focus on right now. James, is there a part of your game specifically that you see maybe either back on film or something that you're just continuing to work on that you know, okay, if I tighten this one thing up or if I improve on this one aspect, that's really going to help me take that next step forward as a keeper and and just help keep um, helping the team get results? I wish if I could grow another five, grow another five inches. I guess that would help, but <laughs> <laughs> don't have that option. Um, I'd definitely say just um, – just confidence around the team on the pitch like if i'm confident mm. i feel like everyone else is confident as well so especially claiming balls up in the air up high early definitely say just sort of at the start of the game make the impression that i'm in that make the first save make the first claim in the air get the first kick and i think that just sort of starts everything off for then a train for the rest of the game so definitely make sure i right. focus from the first minute Absolutely. Absolutely. Play for all 90 for sure. Mm-hmm. All right. Greg Gilmore, head coach, Jamie Colville, goalkeeper of Northland College. And they uh, continue their conference season with a uh, Friday, Saturday, back to back this weekend. Uh, best of luck, guys, moving forward. And I'm sure we'll, we'll be keeping close tabs on you guys, obviously, here uh, at Soda Soccer. And I'm sure we'll be talking to you both again soon. Awesome. Thanks for having us, Jeremy. Yeah, thank you, Jeremy.